when we use a facilitative approach, it's as though people are saying somewhere deep inside, aha, finally, my voice is heard. Finally, my ideas, my contribution, my input matters. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey, welcome back to the Inspiring Leader Show. It's great to have you right here today. I'm Terry Lepofsky, and I'll be your tour guide for today's show. You know, I'm thinking back over the last couple of years, and I got to tell you that I seem to be getting a lot of calls from former clients and even new clients asking me to get involved in facilitating at team meetings, all staff meetings, asking me to get involved as a facilitator to come on board and do some team building activities, highlight certain topics that they want to have delivered. And it seems to me that there's a real trend going on. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to bring this topic to our wider audience on the Inspiring Leaders Show. Today, we welcome to the show an expert professional facilitator and coach all the way from Kuala Lumpur, Welcome to the show, Mr. Franklin Marias. Terry, it's great to be on the show. Franklin, I'm glad that you agreed to join us here today because I've really been wondering what's behind this trend lately. Like I said earlier, I'm getting a bunch of calls. It seems to me that there's a real trend happening with facilitation becoming a very, very dependable and effective means of addressing a team. Terry, firstly, it's a great honor and privilege to be on your show. Let me just say it's really humbling to share this pod with you and knowing that so many leadership luminaries have been featured on Ubiquity's podcast. So thank you again for this platform to share my story on facilitative leadership. Yes, there is this um, real call for facilitation. And you know what? I think it's right there with what's happening in technology and even to various means of democratizing practices and facilitation is right there. Facilitation aims to hear the voice of the individual as well as the voice of the collective group. And facilitation wants to draw out this collective wisdom from the group and let it be used for the group's common outcomes. It's a great intro, but listen, before we dive into the deep end on this one, Franklin, If you don't mind, let me start off by helping everybody get to know you a little bit. Tell me something. Who or what inspires you? That's a good question. I'm inspired, Terry, by people who live life with truth and grace. See, untruths distort leadership. Disgrace is unbecoming of leadership. So when I read or hear of people who have shown truth and grace in action, I'm inspired to keep growing in being a leader who facilitates the growth of others as leaders. So basically, Terry, what I'm saying is that truth and grace are my paramount values undergirding facilitative leadership. It's amazing that you say this because the last show that we did was on crisis leadership and the word grace comes up quite often in that show. So I'm really glad to hear you say that, that these things really inspire you when you see them in others. Yes, it certainly does. I'm always impacted when I see people living and leading with grace and with truth along. 
Yeah, and sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? Especially when whatever might be happening, the topic of the day happens to be something that could be damaging to some people or maybe just a really difficult topic. Sometimes it's difficult to get the courage to speak to that truth. Absolutely. And I think that's where the grace is balanced by truth. Terry, I find that in any situation, especially in a place where there is a call for leadership or if there is a call to draw out leadership from the people around me, I find that I need to be truthful. And when I say truthful, Terry, I'm just saying that I need to be vulnerable. I need to be open. I need to start just where I am. And I find that that then frees psychological space for others then to be vulnerable and free to speak what's in their heart and mind. Yeah, yeah. And and as a facilitator, I imagine that you look to try to bring that out in groups and also to maintain that disposition within the group where people are not jumping on and attacking somebody who's mustered up the courage to say something like that. Mm-hmm. I'd actually like to now maybe intro this topic that we've chosen for today professional facilitation. Let's shift our focus to that. So first of all, if you don't mind, Franklin, let's get clear about what it is that we're talking about. When we say facilitation, what exactly is that? It's an approach that really seeks to, as I said earlier, to bring out the voice of the individual, to respect the voice of the individual, and then to hear the collective voices of people in a group. This field has just been growing. And when we speak of professional facilitation, we are speaking of organizations who recognize that, say, in strategy meetings, in business meetings, they may have people in-house who may not be able to see their own blind spots. And so that's where they call in the professional facilitator. Professional facilitators have this one mantra, and that mantra, Terry, is 100% neutrality. Facilitators, professional facilitators, that is, are custodians of the process. They are not subject matter experts. Oh, I like that a lot. Custodians of the process, is that what you said? That's right. Custodians of the process. And so the process is helping the the individual, helping the group, the team, the department, the organization, the C-suite people, helping them clarify the challenge or the question that they need to work through. And then taking them through that process of finding solutions and working out action plans from themselves. So a facilitator guards that process the facilitators uh, makes sure that the ground rules are met. And right. a lot of work really, uh, Terry, happens uh, before the actual workshop. So what kind of things would somebody do before a workshop were to begin? I mean, we've all seen facilitators in a group and they're, they're really sort of bringing out the best of comments and ideas and building on things when they see that there's a, a link to something important there. But what would happen before a facilitator would go into one of these events? What is it that happens behind the scenes, so to speak? 
there's the what is known as the onboarding process and that's where we get to terms with the client and we make it very clear that we are custodians of the process that uh, our only agenda is to work with the client to discover to clarify and to work out their goals so if a client comes up and wants a certain department to work according to say a specific executive's goal i think the process of facilitation already happens in that the facilitator would actually be working with the client even before the workshop to actually help them clarify what exactly are they looking for from this team or from this department or from this business unit actually it is setting in place the expectations it's setting in place the parameters for the facilitator to do their work in uh, guarding and guiding the process yeah so that's uh those are the informal conversations either live or by phone saying what is it that you hope to get out of this uh, particular mm-hmm. meeting that we're going into what topics are you hoping to cover off that sort of thing right absolutely terry spot on you know this is so funny that we're talking about this because uh, as i alluded to in the opening i'm getting a lot more calls in the last couple of years asking to uh, get on board with this sort of thing asking for the the help of somebody independent somebody neutral somebody that is from the outside of the organization that can help them and it used to be franklin that the only facilitation that I used to do was on uh, topics like strategic planning. And it was mostly with senior leaders in an organization, either leaders of that organization or of departments within it. And we would have a, a very well anticipated process of going through to figure out what their vision and their mission and the values were of the, of the organization or team. And, uh, but lately, it really seems to be breaking out into leaders of teams, leaders of departments, even smaller groups that are saying, we'd like you to come in because we'd like that third-party perspective. If you can bring a topic to the group that you think might help, let's talk about that and figure that out. And I'm wondering, because you and I are truly on opposite sides of the globe right now, is this the same thing that you're seeing in Kuala Lumpur and elsewhere? The reality, Terry, is that in this part of Asia, in Southeast Asia, South Asia, and Asia generally, the call for professional facilitation is more the call coming from the multinational companies. And these are the companies whose headquarters are based in North America and based in Europe. So the call for facilitation is more from these organizations. However, we are beginning to see local multinationals. We are starting to see local corporations getting excited by facilitation. Terry, we just concluded the Malaysian Association of Facilitators' fifth annual conference, and we had a representations from uh, all and gas companies in Malaysia, fast-moving consumer goods companies, data analytic companies, social media organizations coming for our facilitation conference, Terry, and they were blown away. They were experiencing facilitation for the first time. And we could just see the excitement in their faces as they just saw the voice of the individual being heard, being recognized, being respected, and being seen by everyone. 
And then to work with others, uh, being a facilitation conference, cl uh, clearly many of our workshops and plenary sessions were facilitated by expert facilitators. So we are beginning to see in Asia, even in uh, Myanmar and Singapore and other nations, India also, this appreciation for professional facilitation. Isn't this something? I mentioned earlier that it's only been in the last couple of years that I'm starting to get invited out with more of this, let's call it um, an open agenda or mm. a flexible agenda. What I'm hearing from you is that Maybe it's some of the North American companies that have been doing this traditionally, but now it's more local companies and local organizations that are saying, you know what, we know that that's been working for some of these other big companies, the global companies. We'd like to bring some of that facilitation into our local group here or our organization that is based out of here. So I'm seeing that this is more of a homegrown trend. I think that it's something that is being seen as being effective and it's starting to get this groundswell. It's getting that homegrown groundswell of interest where people are saying, you know, I worked in another company and we did this and I'd like to bring it into this company now that I'm here. Terry, you're so right because every time we have our facilitation forums and seminars and every time we have someone from a for-profit organization and even a not-for-profit organization say a non-governmental organization they see the power of facilitation they see the facilitator just guiding the process and they see how their thoughts their ideas converge into an action plan they are excited and exactly as you said, they go back and they share the word about facilitation. Terry, let me share with you a story right oh, now. Oh, I was going to ask you. So Franklin, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so here we have this advertising agency belonging to one of the largest advertising agencies in the world, except that it is Asian born. Now they have an office in Kuala Lumpur and, um, we touched base with them and they wanted to talk about leadership. And I thought this will be a good time to actually let them see facilitative leadership in action, Terry. Here's the interesting thing about this organization. Its headquarters is in an Asian country. They're one of the largest in the world. They have offices all around the world and they've got their agency in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. And this specific workshop was for their social media advertising arm, which means the 40 participants that turned up, Terry, were all millennials. They were all young people. <laughs> right, yes. Right? And we had the greatest amount of fun for the next one and a half hours, Terry, as I just, in a facilitative manner, just took them through to share their own thoughts about what is leadership? What drives leadership? And how do leadership values and behaviors look like in the workplace? Here's the postscript to that story, Terry. And it, until today, it just amazes me. Someone from that seminar told me later that her colleague was so inspired by the way the leadership topic was facilitated in that workshop that this person who's actually a competitive athlete who was in a bit of a down season at that period of her life, 
the very next day after this, the workshop, this person went on a five-kilometer run. And, and I was told that she was so inspired. So I, I asked, so what made this colleague of yours do that? And all I could get a response was that this person was inspired to have had her voice heard, recognized, noted, and put into the mix of the collective wisdom of the team. And then to see action plans worked up, she was so inspired that she got up the next morning and went for a five-kilometer run and raring to go for competitive races again. So Terry, that was, that was a really... An amazing <laughs> you know, Franklin, it's, it's funny that you mentioned this particular story of this group and the motivation that came around with that individual, because oftentimes I think when somebody sits back and they think, well, should I bring in an outside facilitator, a professional facilitator? What may come to mind is a big group of people that are starting to have a whole bunch of fun. And so they start thinking, well, do I really want them to just be playing games? Well, that's not really what it is. What it is, is it becomes a higher level of experiential learning and involved learning where people are actually enjoying the learning process, but there's great value that's being delivered in behind that enjoyment of participation and of the facilitation that's happening to get people thinking and into that right proper headspace, that uh, intellectual space to be able to absorb something new, maybe a creative space to figure out how to use that in a different different environment. So I think that the enjoyment factor is one that initially may come up for people saying, well, I don't just want to have a rah-rah session. I want this to be productive. But what I'm hearing from you is that the productivity aspect of it is definitely there, but it's framed in a way that allows people to absorb things and receive things better. Oh, you're right on the ball there, Terry. Facilitators recognize that Besides being neutral, and it's hard work, Terry, in constantly making sure that you are neutral, and especially if you are a subject matter expert for the topic, there's always the temptation and the tendency to weigh in. However, as professional facilitators, as I mentioned about our mantra, it's 100% neutrality. We are custodians of the process. And so facilitators strive to create a safe space for much co-creation of ideas to take place, Terry. And many times we introduce fun activities to let the defenses come down and participants appreciate that. And so we create the safe spaces using fun, playful activities, energizers, and then the process of drawing out the ideas as well as bringing forth solutions and working towards action plans are done in such a natural, playful manner that people enjoy, people open up, people share, people talk, people laugh. And uh, you leave, leave the workshop invigorated. I'm sure that you can validate a lot of the observations that I've had. It's helping senior management to hear what's happening on the front lines. And it's also helping those people on the front lines feeling like they matter and that they're contributing to the direction of the organization. 
you stole my word. I was going to say <laughs> that's the magic. That's oh, the sorry, magic. Franklin. No, it's uh, but it's true. And I, you know, I'm hearing that if I'm stealing any of your thunder, it's unintentional. But it also tells me and reinforces to me that you're seeing the same magic in the groups that you're working with that I'm seeing on this, you know, this part of the planet over here. So maybe from your perspective. Is there something that I'm missing there? Am I covering things well enough? I think you are. The very fact that um, you brought in this element of magic. Let me continue to share from that previous workshop experience that I mentioned. And so the postscript to the postscript was that one week after the workshop, I meet up with this person again who was in the workshop. And this person says, hey, you know, they're still talking about that workshop. <laughs> and in particular, what happened was, unknowing to me in the process of facilitating, I then asked for volunteers to share about a workplace scenario. And it turns out that the two people who volunteered, these two people had to work through an issue. So it was, again, that magic, that amazing thing that took place because People were free to share their hearts. People took ownership. And so we had this situation where this pair who worked together in a team had this opportunity to come right in front. And um, by simply taking on a team coaching approach, Terry, I invited them to share their perspectives. And they had this opportunity to talk through their perspectives right in front of the other participants. And, and later on, I got the feedback that, uh, yes, everyone knew about the situation that these two were in. And it had to do with how they were presenting a case to a client. So it was amazing. And when you said the word magic, I was thinking, well, Terry, that's it. That's the magic of facilitation. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you and I, uh, like I've mentioned, on different parts of this whole planet, on opposite sides of the world, are having the same kind of experience. And when you mentioned um, after the, the event is over, people continue to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I've seen the same experience happen here, where even six months or a year later, I get invited back and uh, the comments that I'm hearing from that group as they haven't stopped talking about it. So it's interesting that we're both having that same experience. And I believe that what that says, that speaks to the reliability and the validity of this type of work, which is an independent a professional facilitator coming in and helping a group move from A to Z. I'm amazed, Terry. I continually am amazed how people resonate with the dynamics of facilitation. When we use a facilitative approach, it's as though people are saying somewhere deep inside, aha, finally, my voice is heard. Finally, my ideas, my contribution, my input matters. It's being taken into consideration. It's being put into the mix in the team mix, in the department mix, in the business unit mix, in the organization's mix. And what do you know? I'm actually seeing my contributions lining up and providing action plans to take the organization or the unit or the department forward. That is so empowering, Terry. 
You know, I I have to throw a a disclaimer out there. You and I are both um, certified coaches with the International Association of Coaching, but you and I have never actually sat down and talked about this topic until right now. So there's been no scripting and rehearsing. All of the commonalities and the, the effect that we're seeing, all of this we're literally discovering as the words are coming out of our mouth. So you're actually a member of the uh, International Association of Facilitators as well, are you not? Yes, Terry, you're right. The International Association of Facilitators is the worldwide body that uh, brings together a community of facilitation professionals and they also provide certification programs and training programs. In fact, the International Association of Facilitators will be holding their conference in Asia in September in Kuala Lumpur as well. So Malaysia has been blessed to have its own national facilitation conference, which just concluded last week. And in a few short months, we will be having the International Association of Facilitators hold their conference also in uh, Malaysia. This is, uh, it's really cool to connect with you and talk with you on this topic. And I'm, I'm actually uh, not surprised that you're seeing the same kind of results and impact that I am when I go out to, to help organizations with this sort of thing or create content that uh, is going to help them meet their needs and their goals. But uh, I do have two more questions for you, Franklin. Sure, sure. Go ahead, Terry. Now, the first question is this, what advice can you offer leaders out there today, Franklin? So I think uh, great leaders are great learners. Great leaders learn by being good observers of people. They watch people. And when they see people facilitate leadership in others with such grace and truth, they go up another notch in their own personal leadership developmental journey. Oh, I love it. Great leaders are great learners. I really like that. And I think that it's a, a catchphrase that has a lot of value in behind it. Okay, Franklin, here comes the really tough question. What does inspired leadership mean to Franklin Marias? Inspired leadership to me, Terry, is all about inspiring others through facilitative leadership. It's not only in the boardroom or in political organizations. I think inspired leadership is all around us. It's in the story of the traffic policeman controlling traffic in the streets, in the busy streets of Kuala Lumpur, who got down on his knees in our busy city to clear a clocked up road drain with his bare hands so that the traffic would not get worse when it rains. It's the whistleblower who courageously exposed the one Malaysia corruption scandal. I think it's the homemaker doing her best for her family. It's the men and women in the office place who goes the extra mile because they love what they're doing. So I'm convinced, Terry, that that the seed of inspired leadership is in every human being. And I think it takes an inspiring human being who lives an inspiring life with truth and grace to inspire hire another human being to leadership effectiveness. So it's seeing an opportunity and taking action for the benefit of others. Would that be a great way of summing it up? Thank you. That's a good summation, Terry. The inspired leadership message that you're bringing forward is they're the people who are facilitating to bring out the best in others. Is that right? Absolutely. Once again, you hit the nail on the head, Terry. (laughs) 
Oh, it's good uh, to connect with you, Franklin. This has really been a treasure trove of information. Thank you so much for you taking time today and sharing all of these useful and valuable bits of information on facilitation. I truly appreciate you being with us here today. And I know I'm speaking for our audience around the world when I say thank you for sharing everything you brought to us today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Terry. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Now, you're not going to be in uh, Barcelona in um, uh, November, are you, for the International Association of Coaching Conference? I sure hope I would be able to make it. However, we'll just have to see how things work out in the next few weeks and months. Well, at some point in time, I hope that we will connect and meet live. I'd love to shake your hand. But for now, I guess it'll have to suffice to say thank you so much for being involved with our show. It's been my privilege, Derry. Thank you. Now, I'm going to put all of Franklin's contact information for things like his LinkedIn profile, website, and more. I'll have all of that for you folks in the show notes. And uh, that is it for this episode of Inspiring Leaders. Make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss another episode when we bring you more leaders worth following. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Take care and bye for now. (laughs) 